You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding Here's a little secret. I wouldn't be number one if it wasn't for you, for people that actually download and listen to this show. So thank you with big, big, big open arms. I thank you. And I have to issue an apology right now. I need to uh, get it out there. And this is mainly to my friend Josh. Who listens to the show every week? I know it because apparently I nearly killed him last week when I played the Shia LaBeouf <laughs> clip in and it was quite loud and I, I sort of warned you about it, but he was riding his bike and it started yelling and I think he thought someone was yelling from him from the traffic. So I needed to apologize. I'm sure Josh, you're not the only person that was affected by the insanity that was Shia LaBeouf yelling at us all. I mean, maybe that's, maybe he's made you live. Maybe Shire has made you live more for that day. Maybe he has actually succeeded via me as a vessel for his artistic performance or whatever the hell that video was supposed to be. Maybe him scaring us all and me perhaps not fixing my audio levels as much as I should have, maybe he's made us feel a bit more alive. I doubt it. Just really gave me the shits, to be honest. But, you know, we'll take it whatever way we can. So, again, apologies, Josh. Apologies, lovely listeners out there. I didn't mean to scare you. I hope you had a laugh, because I did. Now, I have received some pretty great feedback about my episode on Monday. If you didn't hear it, I interviewed a wonderful New Zealand Olympic athlete called Blake Scullerup, and he's getting married, I think, this week. Very exciting. I'm very, very excited for him and his partner, Saul. We talked a lot about in the interview about the positive, the positive sides of the embracing of gay weddings internationally. Australia hasn't done it yet, by the way, because we are living in the past. Especially seeing that some of the most religious and I suppose conservatively religious countries such as Mexico and Ireland have just passed gay marriage, or at least part of Mexico anyway, it's pretty embarrassing that uh, I come from a country that is, yeah, it's it's being embarrassing. It's embarrassing to talk about. You, you have discussions, especially I work in the media industry. Not to generalise, but it's full of gay people. And we get into this discussion and I have to always put it out on the table and say... My friends and I, I would speak for most of the people I know, do not support the current government in Australia and what the attitude that they're putting out internationally. It's pretty embarrassing. There it is. I've said my piece. I will continue to say my piece because I absolutely believe it. But some feedback from you, the wonderful listeners, on my episode on Monday, especially when it came to the topic of vendor discrimination. Blake talked a lot about these people, and it's not new news, but it just keeps happening, which is just disgusting. Vendors, especially in the States, and it has happened in the UK as well, who will not serve, who will not uh, do business with um, gay people, which you know, is, well, potentially illegal. JP says she wrote an email to me this week. I I think you're a she, JP. I've just jumped to the conclusion. Again, you could be a guy. (laughs) So great to hear a different perspective on wedding planning. Hearing Blake talk about wedding vendor discrimination broke my heart. It still baffles me to think that some people and businesses are so blatantly homophobic. Boo to them. I couldn't have said it any better, JP. Whether you're a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter. I I agree. It left me sort of ugh, feeling so frustrated, but also happy that we could talk about it in a really open way. And so happy that Blake's in Hawaii with his beau, getting married, and hopefully giving their money to people that support the gay community, support happiness and love in general. 
and not giving any more sort of wind and air to these idiots that give us a bad name. Wedding vendors a bad name. Alex says, uh, tweeted to me, thanks for Monday's episode. It's wonderful that you're including the LGBT community in the podcast. If I could include them more, that would be great. I have quite a few ideas up my sleeve and interviews planned to highlight the same-sex marriage differences. And I say differences in the sense that you probably heard me say it before. I think the gay community are actually developing some pretty nifty new traditions when it comes to weddings that I think a lot of straighty couples should be stealing. To be honest, they are uh, removing a lot of, and this is again, I please excuse my generalizing, but I will say they're removing a lot of the sort of archaic, boring traditions that we seem to be clinging on to. And people are being a bit more free and easy and a bit more creative. Some of the best weddings I've been seeing on all of the mainstream wedding blogs have been same-sex couples just shaking off all of the old traditions and boring stuff and actually doing some really fun, creative wedding planning. I love it, and a lot of the ideas that I've seen, I want to steal and spread. And I will. Trust me, I will. A bit of a tip uh, before I start with your wonderful questions. If you have a question, I do get lots of questions, and I guarantee you, you will hear back from me in person. It might take me a little longer. My email typing can be sometimes slow, but I promise I will get back to you. And if you have a question that is, you know, you're under the pump, you need answered quickly, let me know in the subject line, right? Urgent, not to be too alarmist, but tell me and I'll make sure I get it on the show before someone else's that might be a bit more general or a bit more, I'm getting married in three years time. Can you answer this question? If you've got something you need to know now, I promise I will get on to it. All right. Speaking of, let's hit the first question. I love writing my notes for the blog. Uh, every episode I do show notes which is a very podcasty thing to say. It's a blog, basically. I do a little blog that accompanies each episode, and I add links and my own little pictures and whatever I want to do. It's a little outlet for me. I keep saying little. It sounds very belittling of my work. I need to be more positive. I need to go and watch some more TED Talks and say, I write wonderful blogs about this podcast. I'm a writer. This is what I've been doing for years now. As you know, I've written a book, SaveTheDatePodcast.com. You can get that book for free. I've written for television. Oh my gosh, so many things. Lots of stand-up and bits and pieces. So I really do relish the time to extend the podcast into a written form as well and add links. If I find something cool on Etsy or Amazon, I always post those. It's just fun. There it is. So if you want to visit the website, savethedatepodcast.com is where you will visit and get to read and where you can connect with me and ask me a question. Just like the wonderful listener called Anya. She has written to me and I love this Anya's subject line, (laughs) which instantly made me giggle. I read it on my iPhone. I was like, great. This girl is on the same wavelength as me. The subject line was trying not to be too bitchy. Oh, Anya, every day. I feel it, girlfriend. I feel it. She says, hey, Alicia, I'm trying desperately not to be a bridezilla, but I think making RSVPs mandatory, as in if you have an RSVP'd, you cannot enter the reception, is best for us. 
My fiancé is cool with it. Also, we are stating on the RSVP cards how many guests are invited. For instance, if I have a cousin who isn't married to his girlfriend, only he will be invited. Our venue's capacity is 300 and we both have large families, so in an effort to include everyone important to us, I have to say no to singles having an escort and I have a mandatory RSVP list for a headcount to ensure that we don't overspend on food. We're trying really hard to save as much money as we can. Here's my favorite part of the letter. My mother believes not allowing someone single an escort is rude because people who are single usually want an escort. She also believes a mandatory RSVP is a bit strict, but I can't think of anything else to solve our problems. All the best, Anya. Okay, here we go, Anya. I've got so many things to say. My head may just explode right now because I know there are people sitting, listening on the train, in the car, thinking the same thing. We've got two separate issues here and I'm going to cover both of them right now. Firstly, if you have gone back and listened to a very early episode of the Save the Date Wedding podcast, it was called very simply, guest list, who's in, who's out. I recommend if you haven't listened to that and you're new to the podcast and you're going through and picking and choosing, that's one I'm really proud of because it's absolutely the foundation of all the sort of things that I talk about when it comes to choosing who you want to be at a wedding. And I also think deep down there are layers of also choosing who you want in your life full stop because there are a lot of hangers-oners, hangers-oners in our lives that we sort of keep just above the the waterline that we keep involved in our lives that we could probably just cast off and be all the better for, namely half the people you're friends with on Facebook. Yes, we all have friends on Facebook that we like to uh, maybe, and I hate using the word hate, I've just used it twice now, hate follow in the way that we like to just keep abreast of what they're doing and then bag to our friends and family about it. It's fun. It's a conversation starter. Sure. So yeah, go back and listen to the guest list episode because there is a lot to be said about trying to figure out who you want at your wedding. Obligation guests is one of my favorite sort of little key phrases that I use. And I love when you guys sort of parrot it back to me because I feel like the message is getting across to you. So Anya, here's the first thing. A mandatory RSVP is not unreasonable. That's what it is. That's what an RSVP means. It's French for rendezvous, s'il vous plaît. Eh? That's my French accent. It is shit. Uh, it is like a piece of shit. But that's what it means. And in English, it means please reply. Please respond. So <laughs> when we look at RSVPs, that's the whole bloody point of them. So firstly, we're going to have to get you to sit down with your mother. I've got a couple of dot points that you're going to go through with this conversation and just get her on the same page. So an RSVP, the whole purpose of it is to send it out Say, are you coming to my event? Tick the box. You cannot make this thing any easier for these people. They could be total numbskulls and figure this shit out. Tick the box. Yes. No. Send it back to me and then we will have our answer. And RSVP isn't just for kicks. It's so you can, well, finalize your guest list and in turn then be able to give the guest list to your venue and your caterer and perhaps your wedding planner and then figure out how much money you'll be spending making sure that each guest gets a meal because that's embarrassing when that doesn't happen and make sure you have the correct amount of alcohol and you know how many chairs there are to be because again 
A guest turning up without a chair, a meal or a drink in their hand, not really that good. So Anya, when your mum says, oh, be cool about it, don't worry about it, stop being so strict. I do question what she understands about the process of organising such an event. Now you have said your, I love that you said your venue's capacity is 300. So I'm guessing you are going to try and fit 300 people or you don't want to go over the 300 people limit to me that's a really big wedding it's amazing that you have all these people that want to come and and share this day with you but it is really important that you follow these people up that you are sending out the invitations and also managing a timeline that's not going to send you completely bonkers In by that, I mean you aren't chasing people up. And if you don't have a mandatory RSVP, you will honestly be running around like a chicken with its head cut off, sorry vegetarians, trying to chase people up and finalize that list. So I think the important thing is for you to have a discussion with your mum and your dad, perhaps. I don't know if he's getting involved. He might not be on the scene. No judgment. Who knows? the people that are involved in your wedding and your partner, and really explain the purpose of an RSVP. It's not there for kicks and giggles. It's there for a really practical reason. So again, Anya, I don't know your personal situation in regards to who's paying for the wedding, but from what you're saying, I, you know, you, you've said here we're trying to save as much money as we can. So I'm assuming you are taking some of the cost. Maybe your mum and dad, maybe your partner's parents are kicking in some money as well. But even so, the idea of saying to your venue, well, we may have 300 people. It could be 200 by the week before the wedding. And for some venues, it could be actually a month before the wedding. They are going to want final numbers and then they will want the money for those numbers. No matter whether someone shows up on the day of the wedding or not, you're paying for a meal for them. This is one area that a lot of people don't really understand. There is a cutoff of when (laughs) you can say how many people are coming because when you go backstage on a wedding and look at all the different facets that need to come together to feed a large group of people, to keep a large group of people in drinks, transport, all of these areas, you have a lot of planning that you're not involved in. So unless your dear mother wants to perhaps foot the bill for 20 or 30 people that may or may not show up on the day, then I suggest you have a serious discussion with her about her um, attitude. (laughs) There it is. Mom, your attitude is a little wrong. That's all I'm saying. So the other thing I wanted to say is When it comes to plus ones, I truly believe in my heart the era of saying bring a date to my wedding is over. It really is. Unless you are, well, unless you have a bit of coin, unless you've got a bit of money and you don't mind people that you perhaps don't know that well, it's an intimacy issue for me. Coming along to your wedding, then I do believe you have every right to say only named people Only people who are named on this invitation are stepping through the doors and having a party time with us. That is not unreasonable. That is not rude. For example, as I said in that guest list episode that I've referred to earlier on, one big thing for me is we had a rule, Rich and I had a rule at our own wedding, that if we haven't met the other person, if they haven't graced us with their presence in some way, 
And yes, before you panic, if people live overseas or there are exceptions to this rule, of course, always. But generally, we have said for the people that are coming to our wedding, it was really important that we had some personal connection with them because we were having a small, intimate wedding and we didn't want strangers there. I did not want to be introducing myself to someone on my wedding day. That is not unreasonable and that is not a situation I wanted to be in. You want people there that go, hello, I know who you are, not just someone bringing someone on a date. Again, I've said it before, your wedding is not someone, it's not, not somewhere that your second cousin can bring their Tinder date to. That's bullshit and it shouldn't be on. So again, mum saying that single people will feel uncomfortable without an escort and bloody hell, I love your use of the word escort. It's so madmen. It's beautiful. I also think let the singles turn up and hook up with each other at your wedding, whatever. But they don't necessarily have to bring someone along to make them feel better about themselves. I think we've all been out there, well, a lot of us have been to weddings as a single person. Highs and lows, my friend, sometimes it can be sucky. It depends where you are emotionally in your life and where you feel uh, comfortable with other people. But a majority of the time, I've been to heaps of weddings on my own and had a cracking good time and didn't feel any worse for bringing along a date or not. And to be honest, as a single person, the guys that I probably would have brought along if I'd been allowed to bring you know, someone as an escort, as Anya's mother would have called it, wouldn't have been the sort of dudes that have stayed in my, <laughs> my, my life. They weren't rich. They were just probably douchebags, I would be honestly. Not all of them, but most of them. So I think when it comes to this idea that single people aren't comfortable without bringing someone along as some sort of magic helper, it makes single people sound like losers, and they're not. I can speak on behalf. I was single for nearly, you know, five, nearly six years. I was perfectly comfortable attending an event without a special single person guide dog. We don't need it. So this is where I draw the line, Anya. I say to you, follow the rules. And I'm going to say follow my rules. That sounds a little totalitarian. I didn't mean it that way. But stick to your guns, stick to your ground when it comes to the idea that you know, only invite people you want to invite. Don't do this open window invitation of a plus one if that's not what you want. And it sounds like you have a lot of people coming. Make sure you stay in control of this. And, you know, if if you haven't met the people before the wedding day, if it's a new relationship and, and they want to bring people along, then they should bloody make an effort and kick in to come and have dinner or some sort of drinks with you and your partner and if not, tough titties. Thank you, Anya, for your question. I hope that's helped you in a little bit of a, give you a bit of a direction perhaps to sit down and have a conversation with your mum. And maybe if you are paying for this, my last thought on this idea is if you're paying for the wedding and your mum doesn't really have an idea about how much these random people will cost, maybe sit down with a really clear budget and say, lady, I love you. I really do. But by giving this open plan invitation idea that you want and by not being strict on allowing people to get back to us and telling us exactly who's coming, we will be hemorrhaging money. And if mama doesn't react to that, then you take it up a notch and just tell her, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. This is my wedding. Back off. Thank you, mum. 
in a polite way and then just back away and if in doubt just cry just cry heavily and then she'll get the picture and you can all move on with your life probably terrible advice just from me but I really do believe you've just got to be straight with them sometimes and then they get the importance of what you're saying Rich and I recently were trying to come up with other things that were associated with weddings that are free and I really struggled. I couldn't really think of anything. I mean, everything will cost you money when it comes to weddings. You might be able to get a friend to marry you. That's sort of a nice little free, cheap thing. Uh, but you'll still have to pay for the old uh, marriage license. Fine. That's how you make it legal. But yeah, I was, we were thinking of going, oh, how do we promote the podcast? Let's think of other free things. And we really were stumped. So I would like you to send me ideas about anything you can think of that is associated with weddings that is free, because I thought it'd be a really nice little, dare I say, ad campaign, not really ads, but you know, Facebook and Twitter. And I like to get the message out to spread the word to new brides and grooms that might have not heard of the podcast yet. If you are a subscriber to the SaveTheDatePodcast.com website, if you've got my free wedding planning guide, you will be receiving a weekly newsletter. I always like to say this isn't spammy. It's basically a little update I send out on a Sunday. I write a little email to you just telling you what's coming up to perhaps whet the appetite for the podcast in the week. And uh, look, there's no hard feelings. If you don't want to receive the email and you just unsubscribe, that's cool because I don't want to force myself upon you. I'm not one of those pushy people that wants to send you 1,400 emails a week. But I do like to be honest and say when you join the mailing list, that's what it is. It's a way for me to keep in touch with you and uh, let you know what's coming up. Also, I do get sent discount links and all these sort of little odd wonderful things that I like to share with you. Like PR companies often send emails saying, hey, we got some free passes to a wedding show, etc, etc, etc. And I like to share them with you, basically give them to you because I can't use 20 passes to a wedding fair on my own. I'm only one person. So that's the sort of stuff you'll get from me. Again, no offense if you want to log out, but please stay on board. If you're planning a wedding, you never know what sort of stuff I might send you away. And I also like to do little subscriber giveaways as well prizes, fun things, I will post them to you if you win. Recently, I gave away a a beauty pack that was valued at over £200, which is about $400. And I've got lots of little things like that up my sleeve. So do get involved. If you haven't got the book yet, head to savethedatepodcast.com to download the guide to getting hitched. Some people may have purchased this book on Amazon. And uh, it was also, it's also still for sale in actual bookshops. The bookshops that sell physical books. (laughs) Do you remember those things? If I'm talking about books right now, I was very excited. Today I received in the mail, listen to this, a real book. It's called The New I Do, Reshaping Marriage for Skeptics, Realists and Rebels. Totally up my alley. It is one of those books that I've been seeing on social media a lot and I'm really hoping and, well, I'm not even hoping, I know I'm going to be interviewing the wonderful Vicky Larson and uh, she is the co-author of this book. She's a journalist and, you know, it's one of those books that I've been seeing people write about. It's a sort of therapy meets journalism book about modern marriage about how we need to open our minds a little bit more about who we're marrying, 
be a bit more creative in how we commit to other people, I suppose. This idea that till death do us part, it doesn't really, it's not really real anymore. Not to be unrealistic about our romantic expectations, but to be honest, a lot of people are going to get divorced. Sorry. Reality. That's what happens. Hopefully not you. I, I believe in your love specifically. But some other people may get divorced. So this is one of those books that I am devouring right now, getting ready for my interview, which you will hear coming up on the Save the Date Wedding podcast. But very excited about bringing you, I think this will be a couple of parts, to be honest. Um, And also, I think it's really important. We talk about the aesthetics of planning a wedding, but really deep down, I think all of us would just hope that our relationships last, that we are putting the effort and energy into maintaining these wonderful relationships that we've developed and not just planning a party. We're thinking about the future, which is why I try and mix it up a little bit when it comes to this wedding podcast that I talk about finances, that we talk about life after the wedding, about situations and themes that aren't necessarily just about bunting and <laughs> and how to decorate a table. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, who gives a shit? That's fun. But to me, the most important thing is helping us become better couples, better people and enjoy ourselves. Radio, I'm just, do you hear me just stepping down off my, my high horse? There it is. I have really enjoyed this episode. I always enjoy sitting here talking to you. Talking with you is probably a nicer way to say it. And very delighted to be doing it all again next week. If you haven't listened to all of the episodes, do jump on to iTunes or you can go to Stitcher if you're an Android listener. Perhaps you're listening to this on your desktop. I often post the link. But if you want to have a more permanent relationship with me, well, permanent as far as permanent can be when it comes to listening to podcasts, do subscribe. Get on board. It will be delivered via Magic Pixies every week. If you don't know the sort of system I use on Monday, I usually do an interview episode or a themed episode. And then on Thursdays, like this episode, it's a Q&A where I answer your questions. So until Monday, or whenever you'll be listening to this episode, the next episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, I bid you adieu. Happy days. Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.